0: Good morning, it's the Worker's Beat. I'm Jean Lance, the beautiful redhead.
1: It's Bonnie Mathias. And Good morning!
0: She's on Facebook Live, I am. too. Good morning. The Worker's Beat, of course, is about everything from the point of view of working families. Starting off with things you can do. News you can use. So you cannot just sit around and say, well, gee, isn't it a shame? (laughs) Because it really is a shame,
1: but you can't sit around and say that. You have to do something. Well, I have
0: a list of things you can do. Good! Starting today at 11 o'clock, there's a stop anti-Asian violence rally at 2999 North Carroll Avenue. I suspect that's in East Dallas. Yes,
1: sir. That
0: is. That's sponsored by the Dallas Peace and Justice Center. Excellent. And then another one, also sponsored by the Dallas Peace and Justice Center, at 2 o'clock today. They really want to stop Asian, there's anti-Asian a, violence. There's
1: a very large Asian population in that area of East Dallas.
0: Yeah, that's right. We used to call that Little, little Asia. That's we?
1: right. That's right.
0: All right. Well, uh, the other one, though, at 2 o'clock is downtown at City Hall, 1500 Marilla Street. That'll be at 2 o'clock. March the 29th at 5 p.m. and every Monday, the Texas AFL-CIO reports on our Facebook page. It's on their Facebook page, but they put it on our Facebook page, too, Dallas AFL-CIO Facebook page. March 31st at 6 p.m., the leaders of the A.P.W. that's Amalgamated Postal Workers Union, they will try to explain the Postmaster General's new 10-year plan, which is going to be to slow down the mail and charge more. Yeah. Okay. On April Don't the 1st. Don't
1: we have enough people on there to get rid of him yet?
0: No. <laughs> they haven't gotten rid of, uh, what's his name? DeJoy? Yeah. April the 1st. Last day to register to vote for the May 1st election. April the 2nd at 2.15. The annual Good Friday March downtown. All I have is an email. It's dacpatx at gmail.com. Two fifteen, the annual Good Friday march downtown. I think they're going to meet at Below Gardens, which is across the street from the Federal Building. Two fifteen, April the second. It's really very good. Yes. They march around. Uh, it's it's a it's a religious thing, mm-hmm. but they uh, compare what's going on today to scripture, which is pretty shocking.
1: Really shocking.
0: Uh, April the seventh at eleven o'clock, the State Workers Lobby Day. They're going to have a car caravan starting at the. HHSC building 801 South State Highway 161 Grand Prairie Texas and if you want to uh, if you want to know about that you have to contact Michelle Goodwin it's M Goodwin at cwa tseuorg April the 8th is National AFL-CIO Day of Action on the PRO Act Protect the Right to Organize April the 16th is the Texas New Area Job Fair. Contact Jason Tomlinson, or if you need to, just contact me, jeanelance.org, and I'll get you in touch. April the 19th at 10 o'clock, Rally for the first day of early voting at the county courthouse, 600 Commerce in downtown Dallas. Come on down. Contact Bonnie.
1: No, <laughs> contact uh, Ernest Tilly, right?
0: Contact Ernest, Ernest Tilly. Ernest Or just Sydney. contact me, GeneLance.org. Yeah, he can put
1: you in the, touch with everybody.
0: <laughs> April the 20th is the last day to apply for the ballot by mail for the May 1st local elections. April the 27th, the Botham-Jean Boulevard opens in Dallas, replacing the racist... Uh, President of the Republic of Texas, Lamar yep. Street. That's wonderful. May the first is Election Day and International Workers' Day. And I just added this on May the twenty-eighth and thirty-first. There's going to be a convention downtown. Oh, it's cool. called the For God and Country Patriot Roundup, <laughs> featuring speakers from Q and
1: including Sidney Powell.
0: Yeah, including the infamous Sydney Powell, who
1: now says, "How could any of How could anyone have believed me? I, w- I was I was. She's now trying, oh, That was just crazy talk. Trying to take
0: you, back everything she said. You,
1: how could you believe me? <laughs> that was just crazy talk. Yeah, we know.
0: <laughs> and I believe we have a caller on the phone.
1: Okay, that, I'm going to sign off of Facebook Live. Uh, so you can go to knon.org, dot org, listen live, or 89.3 FM in Dallas-Fort
0: Worth Metroplex. All right. Good morning. Thanks for calling Kano in. Hello.
2: Yes, hello.
1: Hello. Hi, you're on
0: the
2: air. Hi, uh, this is Richard Gonzalez. Hi, Richard. Is this Mr. Lance? It's I. Okay. um, Well, I'm calling about the uh, Cesar Chavez Workers' Defense panel discussions that we'll be holding here shortly. Really, the first one will be on March 31st, which I believe is this kind of Wednesday.
0: And I believe that's Cesar Chavez birthday, isn't it?
2: That's exactly true. Uh-huh. Very good.
0: How can people get involved?
2: Well, uh, they can uh, go to, if they have Facebook, uh, they can go to the Cesar Chavez of Tarrant County in Action. Just uh-huh. look for that source. Cesar Chavez people.
0: of Tarrant County in Action.
2: Okay. I'm sorry, let me correct that. Cesar Chavez Committee of Tarrant County in action. That's a long handle, <laughs> <Yeah>. I really like
0: though, Okay, but if, they, if I they, they just put in Cesar Chavez in their Facebook page, they'll probably turn it up. Go That's
2: ahead. Fair. Well, what they'll do is they'll go there and uh, they'll see a flyer there that has the link for two workshops, the, the, two panel discussions. The first one will be, of course, for the March 31st one. And uh, they'll be um another one on April the tenth and that happened to be Dolores Huerta's birthday. But so both panels are really talking about two different eras. Uh the first one on March thirty first we have speakers from who actually worked with Cesar Chavez and who were actually farm workers during the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to talk about that experience, what it meant to be a farm worker and really all because we've already had a preliminary discussion with the, with these folks and um other things that that you don't read about in history books.
3: Are, are Cesar
0: Chavez and Dolores Huerta are those people you look up to? Oh, certainly. Yeah, that's
2: well, what we're doing there. This. this is commemoration of them.
0: Just because we may have some younger people on the in the audience, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta and what they did? Well, uh,
2: Dolores uh, Cesar Chavez was born and raised in Yuma, Arizona, and his family was basically um, forced out of their their homes because of bankers. And as a child, that's uh, never forgot that. And as he grew up, uh, he ended up, the family ended up going to California in the central Valley. And that's a very uh, big farming area of grapes, vegetables, almost uh, half of the vegetables and grapes and fruits really come from the central Valley of California. People may not realize that, but the growers, uh, basically, what you have is a kind of in that era, the 60s and the 70s, is a modern-day modern day medieval system where the growers just paid very little to the workers, and they had to work under very difficult conditions. Uh, they would spray pesticides on, on the workers. They were actually trying to, of course, deal with the, with the fruits and vegetables and, and the predatory insects, but it didn't matter that the workers were also getting sprayed. Uh, to the growers, as well as, of course, they didn't really want to have them unionize, um, which was their right. And so soad, having experienced that himself, uh, decided to take on as his mission the unionization of the farm workers in the central valley. And he did that until he died. Uh, and he, he did a great job industry. of it too.
0: And he also yeah, said he, he set the standards for union organizing that that had been forgotten. Yeah. Up till then, because after 1947, the whole union movement kind of just shook hands with the bosses and, and went to bed. Uh, but, but Cesar Chavez brought back the idea of community organizing and uh, kind of pulling out all the stops, national boycott. Great. And I want to point out something, too, that a lot of people don't know, that when Dolores Huerta... And Cesar Chavez actually started the United Farm Workers because, you know, they had started, they were already community organizers before that. But when they actually started the United Farm Workers, they got $10,000 from the United Auto Workers, which is my union. And that $10,000 was brought to them in California by Pancho Medrano of Dallas.
1: I love Pancho. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he was always there in little historic things.
1: That is so cool. Yeah, that is so. We cool. had a little
0: bit in. We had a little bit in. Well, now tell us about Dolores Huerta because she's still alive, right?
2: Oh yeah, she's ninety years old. Uh, she is. Uh, she started out of working alongside Cesar with another organization called the Community Service Organization, uh-huh. which was really affiliated with with Saul Linsky's form of government of uh, organizing. And um, in fact uh Solinsky came to California and met Cesar, actually trained Cesar to a certain extent, along with another gentleman by the name of Fred Ross. And so Cesar really just didn't spring onto the onto the main stage. He had, had at least about ten years of organizing mentorship and training. Uh and once he once he got good enough, he just said, you know, we need to organize the farm workers. Uh, Dolores Huerta was also working in the same organization and so when when the CSO decided they didn't want to do that, Cesar quit and Dolores also quit and said, Let's form our own union organizing uh system and they did. And Mm -hmm. together they they went ahead and organized and established the United Farm Workers of America, which uh took on the, the the big task of organizing farm workers through that Central Valley. When and we're talking about Tens of thousands of people. I don't think people realize the number of people that they organized. But this was in the tens of thousands of workers that they went around to the various uh, growers' farms to organize. And of course, they met major resistance. Uh, Dolores Happing uh, was a feminist back then, when it was you know during the feminist era. But she was a Latina, and you didn't really have uh, that many Latina outspoken individuals. Did, she was didn't she have a bunch of kids educated. too?
0: Didn't she also she have a bunch children. of kids while she was doing all this stuff?
2: Yeah, she was married twice, divorced twice, and then uh, basically had a living arrangement with Richard Chavez, who is, was younger brother, and had 11 children. And here's, here's the, depending on how you look at it, of course, uh, she made it very clear that organizing was her priority. Yeah. And uh, she would take care of the children when she could. Otherwise, she would uh, ask family members to take care of them. Um, but that is amazing that,
0: that she she managed, she managed to become one of the most important women in all of American history because of her great contribution in organizing and had 11
1: kids on the side. That's amazing. There's That's a, amazing.
0: There's a movie. Uh, I, I assume, the, uh, Mr. Gonzalez, you've seen the movie called Dolores.
2: Yes, I have seen it.
0: And isn't it good?
2: It is good, and it really reveals, I mean, let's, let's be honest here, you can imagine that the children suffered, uh, quite a bit as, for, for the fact that their mother was not home and missed a lot of, uh, you know, milestones in their lives. Um, that was the unfortunate price to pay for what Dolores did. Uh, I mean, there's two sides to this, and yes, we can put Dolores on a pedestal, and she rightfully needs to be there on the pedestal, but just be aware that when you do that, uh, there is a price to pay. That's right. Uh, oh, come on, come on. They the don't. Community.
0: They don't say that with men. They no, they, they sure don't, say, don't. They say they don't say this. Man did great things, and he sometimes ignored his children. <laughs> that never comes up, you know.
1: Not until the old man's dead, and then the kids go, you know, he was a terrible father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I mean, that, that's not an issue. It's it shouldn't even be an issue. Dolores Huerta is one of the greatest. Uh, uh, contributors to the whole American labor movement. One of the greatest stories you can tell. And the fact yeah. that she had 11 children, too, just means, so my amazing. God, how did she manage?
1: That is so amazing. She is just an absolute incredible musician. And
0: even now, she still goes around yeah. speaking. Doesn't she, uh, Mr. Gonzalez? Yes,
2: yeah, she is still, as uh, I like earlier, she has the Dolores Huerta Foundation, and she's invited to speak uh, at various locations and also provide leadership training to women, mm-hmm. primarily women, to inspire them to not be afraid to venture into fields that, you know, have not been welcoming of women in the past. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Just promoting leadership and education for for women uh, in general. And, of course, she's still a legacy. I mean, she... Tells the story. I mean, she's the first person to count, right? She was there when it all
1: happened. That's right. That's and she right. was
0: she was instrumental. I mean, absolutely. Cesar Chavez, we talk about him all the time. And, of course, he was a, a absolutely great man.
1: He
3: was. And a,
0: and a great pacifist at a time when Martin Luther King had made pacifism such a such a famous ideology. But Dolores was right there from the very beginning. Fighting. Uh-huh.
1: Fighting.
0: And, uh... And um and making a contribution all the time. And still making a contribution.
1: That's amazing. She's ninety years old and she's still yeah. out there kicking butt. Reminds me of my mentor who I just noticed is up on the wall, Miss Arquilla Smith.
0: From from Dallas. From Dallas. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yes. She was she was. She knew Dolores. She worked with Dolores. Mm-hmm. It was I, I what a wonderful friendship that became, uh, Miss Hart, Miss Smith actually organized the tent city in the Trinity River bottoms uh, during the nineteen eighty four uh, Republican convention, which was held here in Dallas. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, Dolores Huerta. Uh is still making appearances, and I have some pictures of her here in Dallas, yes. running around with the big signs, you know, standing up for the immigrants' rights and other issues. And uh, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, tell us again now how people can get involved with what you're going to do around Cesar Chavez's birthday and this other event.
2: Right. Well, again, it's on March 31st, and the way you can access the link is go to the um, on Facebook, Cesar Chavez, just Search for Cecil Chavez, and you will find our link. Okay. Uh, you'll find our page, and then you'll find the flyer. <clears throat> and just hit the link on March 31st. <clears throat> It'll be 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, and you can listen to the panel discussion, or you can view it. It's going to be viewed. I oh. also need to be sure to mention that it's Workers' Defense Project out of Dallas. is We're co-sponsoring this. And I'm glad you brought that up because if
0: if there's somebody carrying on the tradition of organizing spanish-speaking people it's workers defense project
1: absolutely or at
0: least here yeah. around here yeah uh, because they are still doing it yes. and they don't go up and say uh, are you making enough money or are you nice enough or or something <laughs> like that to organize you they just organize you
3: that's
2: right if it that's
0: moves right. organize it that's that's <laughs> right. their that's their right.
3: way. <laughs>
2: yeah so people really once if they get moved by what they hear and understand that we're talking about the past, but we're also talking about the present because mm-hmm. that's those problems of of employer abuse of workers is still going on. Oh. Uh, there is still widespread waste that uh, people treating the workers, especially you know these frontline workers mm. uh, who may not be making even fifteen dollars an hour uh, in in very shabby Shabby ways. Uh, and therefore, we need organizations like the Workers Defense out there to advocate for them, just as we did, you know, in the past with the United Farm Workers of America.
0: Okay, and March the thirty first and April the fourth,
2: right? April uh, April the
0: tenth. 10th. April tenth. April the tenth. Okay,
2: yes, is the birthday of Dolores Huerta.
0: Oh, and, I didn't know that.
2: Yes, so we're having them both on the birthday, Fidel Chavez's birthday, March thirty first, which is this Wednesday. 7 p.m., and then uh, April the 10th, which is a Saturday uh, in April, and that'll be, I believe, at the, that's a Saturday, I believe it's going to be at 10 a.m. It's on the fly. Mm -hmm. You'll see it. I see.
0: Thank you. So, uh, March the 30th, 31st, rather, is uh, Cesar Chavez's birthday, and April the 10th is Dolores Huerta's birthday, and the fight goes on. Uh, I got a I got an email from somebody named Chavez last night saying he's he's gonna he's gonna register Spanish speaking voters by the millions. He says,
1: "I that's awesome." I will actually we have some voter registration drives today too.
0: Okay, what's going on?
1: We have one uh, down in the Oaklawn area in front of the Roundup Saloon. Uh-huh. Uh, we're set up there to register voters.
0: Well, where's the Roundup Saloon?
1: It is on... My friends don't hang
0: around saloons.
1: Well, <laughs> it's a nice place. Uh, the Roundup is on uh, Cedar Springs. Hold on. I'm going to look up the... Oh, uh, It you is can it
0: tell at 3912
1: Cedar Springs.
0: Okay, so that's going on today. Yes,
1: starting at 11 o'clock. Okay. And starting at 11 o'clock, I will be at Rocky's Fried Chicken... Registering voters in Cedar Hill. And where's that? 140
0: South Stacy Road. 140 South Stacy, And you can actually meet Bonnie right. Matthias in person. In
1: person, live and in person. You can you be sure <laughs> and wear dark glasses when you do shoes. I will. Her yeah, Gwen, no, I don't mean you. I mean oh,
0: people yeah. that might be blinded by your glamour.
1: Well, that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gonzalez, we're about to take a break, and I think we got Lon Burnham on the other line, so we'll bring him on after the break. Is that Okay.
2: Uh, I I need to be going. To be honest, I have another meeting I need to attend. But Lon, I'm sure, can carry on what I started there.
3: Thank
1: you so much for for calling this morning. We really appreciate it. Take care and stay safe. We'll be right back. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: We're back on the worker's beat you can call us at 972 that's bonnie that's
1: our studio audience clapping
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's bonnie's little sound effect <laughs> 972-647-1893 good morning thanks for calling cano in and thanks for waiting good morning good
4: morning gene Have, i've really enjoyed listening to the program so far this morning i well,
1: know that i know that voice we
0: had richard gonzalez on before <laughs> now who are you
1: this is Lon
4: Furnum, former state representative from Fort Worth and a committee member of the Custer Chavez Committee here in Tarrantown.
0: And what are you guys doing?
4: Well, as uh, Richard was telling you earlier, because of the pandemic and the difficulty in planning, we are not doing a march and rally this year. We have done a march and rally until pandemic last March Um uh, for over 20 years now. And yes. this year, we're, we're going, we're working with the Workers' Defense Project, and we're going to do an event online. We're celebrating uh, Sister Shabbos' birthday on Wednesday uh, the 31st, this coming week. And on Saturday, April 10th, we have another program uh, celebrating Lorda's breakfast uh, birthday. These two, as you guys were saying earlier, are icons of a labor movement in the 20th century of the United States. Um, as Concha Magrano is an icon for labor people in Dallas, I was really proud to hear the story about uh, how he went to California to be in support. Um, this is a little modest in that I don't know whether he talked about all that he has done to promote the reminder of the history uh, the the of Sister Chavez and Florida Cuesta. Back when we created our committee, we are only calling ourselves Sister Chavez, but we have been thankfully moved to recognizing the importance of the Lord of uh, involvement. When Richard was a county employee, he fought with and organized within the context of employees in Parent County, and Karen County was the first local government outside of the border region of Texas to officially acknowledge SH officers' birthday. And for almost twenty years now, the last Monday in March is an official county employee's holiday. That was a huge organizing success right there. I'm afraid of more holidays like that because they're recognizing people like Stephanie Thompson But I'm really excited to have worked with the Workers' Defense Project uh, on this project. As you guys were talking earlier, uh, uh, they represent the here and now and uh, the struggle for unorganized workers in uh, the North Texas area. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you're you're saying that it actually paid off. You started, say, 20 years ago, marching and uh, holding parades in Tarrant County, and you actually got a holiday over there. Is that right?
4: That's that's exactly right. And, and uh, our school district, the Fort Worth School District, now acknowledges the same day. They, like the Martin Luther King efforts, they call it a day on instead of a day off, and they are having special programming for the students in the Fort Worth ISD on Monday uh, with students helping to organize it. I also work with the March for the Polls Committee, and our youth group is organizing a workshop on community engagement and activism through the Fort Worth Independent School District on Monday. So there's not nearly as much as I'd like to see going on, but there is a lot going on to keep the memory of these two phenomenal labor organizers alive and learn the lessons that they lived in the 20th century to apply it to our struggles today. And I'm so glad to hear that Bonnie's doing voter registration. If your right to vote wasn't important, people in charge of state government in and Texas and Georgia would not be fighting so hard to suppress the vote. That's right. So Bonnie, you go, do that voter registration, because... Our most effective nonviolent tool to fight back is to remember these deadlines yep. and voter registration for your local governments. The deadline is this Thursday, April first. That's right. You've got to be 30 days in advance if you're going to vote in your municipal elections. And whoever's in charge there, frankly, goes back to setting minimum employee benefits. And that's one of the reasons we need to work in alliance with other progressive organizations to make sure labor endorsed candidates get elected because they have a direct role in deciding workers' benefits that you know ripple across a ripple across the entire plane uh, of workers' interests.
0: I interviewed uh, a civil rights leader Peter Johnson last week because uh, he spoke at a rally over at Bonnie's office. And uh, I asked him, what are you going to say to younger people today who say that voting don't matter? He said, well, the sheriff that's going to arrest you and the judge that's going to put you in jail, both have to be elected. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So that's and in, in his in his speech, he said, I got friends in the graveyard over voters' rights. That's right. So right. he made a really big impression at the rally for voters' rights on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Wednesday.
4: He has been in that struggle since the first Jim Crow. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have the two wave of the 21st century yeah. Jim Crow, and they're doing everything they can to keep people from voting, but the people that are in control right now. Uh, and, of course, Dallas has really come a long way, Gene. You've been doing this since Dallas was the bastion of right-wing republicanism. But because of voter registration projects over the last 40 of a century or more, you now have more progressive-thinking people in all of your countywide offices. I think it was in
0: 1999 that we put on a Cesar Chavez march here in Dallas, and I think it was the first one uh, since he had died. And it wasn't really me. It was Gerardo Contreras. And you talked, uh, Lon Burnham. You talked about the 20 years of marches and rallies over there in Tarrant County. Gerardo Contreras was right there, a fundamental part of that uh, every time. This is a quiet guy who never sings his own praises. You wouldn't even know it was him, but he's driving the truck that's pulling the uh, the train. The oh. train that's got the sounds. <laughs> that's got the sound uh, system and, all, and it's yes. all Gerardo Contreras and, and Gerardo, he's still doing it
1: and he's
4: also cooking up the heat because participated in our marching rallies over here
0: every uh, time uh, since the beginning and he drags the rest of us over to Fort Worth
1: yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to to uh, to get to, to honor Cesar Chavez and also well, we, just to promote the rights of people of color
1: so I have a question for you, Lon. How do we get? How do we get this program that you have in the Fort Worth ISD? How do we get that into Dallas ISD?
4: Well, you know, it's all about who gets elected to your school board.
3: Uh-huh.
4: we have people that we have elected to the Fort Worth school board that are committed to this very concept of you history alive you teach history by talking about these sort of things and why it is important to young people today mm-hmm. and so it, it, it is I mean I, I'm not going to pretend to know very much about Dallas School Board politics uh, but, but um, smart man uh, what, 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 what I see on television is not very good no. in the local in the news I will tell you something that's going on really good in the Dallas school District and that is the march to the polls project which actually got started in dallas five or six years ago um it's now got the contract to do voter registration in all of the dallas independent school district uh, high school that's
3: great Mm
4: -hmm. march to the polls uh is involved in creating these civic engagement clubs within the high schools and that's I mean, I, I first learned how to be politically engaged in my high school. That's mm-hmm. where the people that are 16, 17, 18-year-olds, they're coming into adulthood. We need to provide them as many opportunities as possible to act on their their beliefs and their concerns to make this a better world.
0: Absolutely. Let me put in a plug for the phone number. Uh, we're supposed to announce the phone number every five minutes, and we've been kind of remiss. It's 972 Six four seven one eight nine three. The station just loves it when you call. And uh we want to see if anybody has a question for Lon Burnham while we've got him on got him on the air. Uh good morning, thanks for calling win Hello, are you on the air?
1: Oh, good morning, everyone. Hi. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Um I'm a Kalecki like, Menez. I'm also with the Secretary Children's Committee. Oh good. Excellent. And are you? A- yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I've been listening to the radio, and my uh, colleagues with Church of and Lombardum are doing an awesome job. I just wanted to pipe up a little bit and talk about our scholarship opportunity that we have through uh, through our Charter Committee. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, all high school seniors that are interested in, in applying to our scholarships. They can talk to their high school counselors at Fort Worth ISD, uh, those that are in Fort Worth ISD, Arlington ISD, and Nashville ISD to, to get the information on, on submitting their essay. And, um, our scholarship is, uh, deadline is April 2nd.
0: So they need to get they need to get in with their school hurry. counselor right away. Right
1: away, yeah.
0: If they want right, to put in for right. a Cesar Chavez scholarship. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's good to have that a information.
1: Wonderful opportunity. Yes. yes.
0: Thank, right. you, so Thank you so much for much.
1: sharing that information. That's fabulous.
0: And you can call us too at nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. We have former state representative Lon Burnham on the line talking about Cesar Chavez holidays that are coming up. I mentioned uh, Gerardo Contreras, and I did not mention, but I should have. That He was the first person. He's always the first person that I call (laughs) when somebody wants me to organize something or or put on an event. And I called him and asked him if he'd do something on May the 1st. He said, yes, he will. All right. So whatever we do on May 1st, you're going to get a chance to meet Gerardo Contreras. We got three different proposals. Either going to be a car caravan or a picnic or a whole bunch of different rallies. Because it's also election day, and we can't right. afford to overlook that. No. But May the 1st is International Workers' Day. Yes. And there's a lot of the stuff going on on immigration, too. Oof. Lonnie, you still there? Well, what's going oh, on on yeah. immigration that, that would affect uh, your your celebration for Cesar Chavez? Uh,
4: well, um, it's it not directly affected, but everybody knows how many kiddos are there in the convention center. And I was with a group that was in a Zoom meeting with Congressman Mark Vesey yesterday. And we talked to him about our concerns about what is and is not happening at the convention center in Dallas. And here's the bottom line. They need more Spanish speakers engaged with these kids. Because all these kids come up from Central America and Mexico. They have a limited or no English skills. Many of them are scared to death. They just really want to be able to call home and tell the parents they're okay. So uh, Congress and V.C. committed to help us work on this project uh, Are just trying to figure out how we can get more Spanish-speaking volunteers in the convention center to help
0: these young people out. So you just need people to to translate for them. Is that right?
4: That's exactly it. But none of us knew the mechanics of what needed to be done because of interacting with minors. There will have to be some sort of bureaucratic process.
0: Yeah, there will be some screening. But how do they apply? If they want to help out, how do they apply?
4: We didn't even know that.
0: Okay, we've got to find that out. Maybe somebody will call us and tell us. 972-647-1893. Good morning. Thanks for calling k and They want to
1: help out. Okay. Turn your radio down. (laughs) Hello? Yeah, my radio. Okay. Yeah, hello. 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 Yes, you're on the air. Oh, yeah,
4: hi. I was just curious to get your thoughts, whoever the the political person is on there and even you two, as we have all these unemployed people right now and there's a lot of unemployment benefits going out. How do you, how do
2: you explain the nationwide shortage of employees for employers?
0: The nationwide what of
2: employers, really? I'm talking about all employers. Maybe not the big corporations like Amazon, where it's like uh, the you know the grass is greener situation.
3: Yeah, but what
0: I'm what I'm is it you want us to explain businesses.
4: about them? No, hold on, hold on. I'm saying about the small businesses, maybe and specifically that that they can't find employees.
0: No, oh, they can't employees. find employees. Okay, we'll yeah. get Lon Burnham to comment <laughs> on that. Lon Burnham, the caller says that there's not any unemployment, that uh, the fact is that uh, employers cannot find employees. Can you comment well, on that?
4: In the, in, in the classic model of capitalism, people sell their labor to somebody, and somebody compensates them adequately for them to bother to sell their labor. Uh-huh. The problem small, a lot of small businesses, uh, well, and some big businesses as well, uh-huh. they're not offering adequate compensation and and there's also a skill gap for a lot of people right now We We've so consistently under invested mm-hmm. in education for our workforce there is a free um problem here and i just had a text from my catholic charities who oh, you, you may be suggesting that you call Capital charities
0: Lon, you're going to have to move up closer to your phone and talk in an even tone because you're going in and out.
4: I'm sorry. I was on my speakerphone. I'm not. Well, don't saying. do that. So,
0: okay.
4: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm directly here, uh, and I'm sorry I, I got distracted. Patricia Murphy, who's very, very active in Dallas, sent me a, a text about uh, the Spanish language uh, situation, but back to the employee situation, You know, this is always a dynamic of uh, a worker has a right to sell their labor for fair compensation. And in this country, we do not have fair compensation because we have not raised the minimum wage in years. And so it is a struggle, but it's really not connected to the price. So if they were paying
0: more, they they find all the employees they wanted.
4: And that's exactly right. I used to be
0: on the workforce board here. For years and years, I was on the workforce board. And Gene Freeland was on it, too. Remember him? Oh, yeah. He used to head the Fire. Dallas AFLCO, co And these guys would come on and say, we're desperate to have employees. We need you to train these people because we're desperate. We can't find employees and stuff like that. And finally, Freeland would say, how much are you paying? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy would say, but, $7. <laughs> oh, well, that's why you
1: can't find anybody.
0: Well, you ain't going to find anybody for $7. You
1: know, skilled labor costs money
3: yeah
1: you can't expect to be able to hire somebody who is skilled in a specific uh, uh genre of work to work for nothing
0: and you can't expect anybody to, to, to dig ditches for nothing either no you can't but that's what they do that's hard and the, work it's, man it's the system because every th- every commodity sells at its lowest price yep. that's that's the beauty of this of this system it the, is the because yeah you know, like you just bought coffee <laughs> I did. you know you could have uh, you could have paid twice as much for it if it wasn't for the system where there's other competition you know keeping the price down but the same thing is true of your labor yeah. there's competition the only way to get around it is to organize unions.
1: Amen. Because
0: otherwise, your so your labor is going to go for the lowest price yep. possible because you're competing with everybody else. Exactly. So, and, lo- and Gene, I want to get
4: another plug-in
0: for the Workers' Defense Project. Good you deal. Got organized,
4: you've got organized labor that has established some minimum baseline benefit for workers, and then you've got a whole class of workers. That are not yet organized and need to be organized. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Workers' Defense Project is doing. That's what that battle over Amazon and in, in organizing into unions is doing in Alabama. We have way too many exploited workers that are not in a union to help them advocate for their benefits.
0: We gotta take a break. We'll be right back with Lon Burnham. <laughs> on The Worker's Beat with Bonnie Mathias and Gene Lance, and we were talking about the Workers' Defense Project, and I want to get this little point in. Those guys are members of the United Auto Workers Union. The the people who work for Workers' Defense Project have a, ch- have a choice. They can join the United Auto Workers Union.
1: That's all. So, yeah, I didn't know that.
0: They are. They got the Community Award from the Dallas AFL-CIO. Yes. That's my friend DJ. And uh, it, was, it was really great. And they are organizing, and they particularly organize People Speak Spanish. Yes. But yes. it's not necessarily into it's, unions.
1: No. But because it, there's
0: all kinds of organizing going on in the United States today, and a lot of it is not exactly. traditional unions because the government has come down so hard on the unions and made it so very, very difficult to organize in a traditional way. So people are organizing every other way that they can think of. Is that not right, Lon Berner?
4: Well, it's absolutely the case, Gene, which is one of the reasons uh, the Workers' Defense uh, uh, Project is so important because, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the the, the political swings come and go. You know, Franklin Roosevelt was, FDR, was a pro-union president, and there was good legislation at that time. But ever since Ronald Reagan was president, there's been bad legislation. And in Texas, they actually have uh, some very specific statutes that undermine union organizing. So we have to figure out workarounds because the people that are in control are still in control, and they're
0: basically anti-worker. Yes, they are. And, uh, and they trying to keep wages as low as they possibly can. Because yeah. rich people don't want r- wages to go up.
1: No, because then they might make like f- a couple of pennies less.
0: And the only way poor people can <laughs> get wages to go up is to get organized. That's it. So, uh, Lon Burnham is helping. They're going to have a big, uh, event for Cesar Chavez's birthday and Dolores, another one for Dolores Puerto's birthday. And uh, it's not just a matter of remembering American, great American people. It's also a matter of remembering that they introduced ways of organizing that had been forgotten in the American labor movement. Is that not true, Lon Berner?
4: Oh, absolutely, and that is one of the reasons they were so successful. I'm sure many of your listeners remember the grape boycotts and the lettuce boycotts uh, all across America. Uh, across, the joined, across the world. Across the world. in Yes, and joined in support of this struggle. Mm-hmm. And it just, we need to be mindful of every one of us and our role in being supportive of worker struggle, whether it's a donation to the Workers Defense Project or joining in the various boycotts that may be going on. We all have a responsibility to support the struggle of workers. Well, and I think that includes wearing a mask because we have so many <laughs> frontline workers that are having to deal with inconsiderate people.
0: Yeah, Look, and they're, you know, not, they're not, all, not all getting vaccinated. we got to take this call on. Good morning. Thanks for calling wait. KNON. Thanks for waiting.
2: Hey, great. That's a great prelude into the question I'm wanting to ask. What is to it? End on it? What you were talking about us as individuals having the responsibility as consumers. You know, it's a lot of load on the uh, worker to organize. You need to do this, work together. Is it against the uh, bosses? And the ultimate goal of capitalism is to sell it as high as possible and work the workers as low as possible. Is there any way that the unions can start now a consumers union?
0: A consumers union.
2: As, That's a, where we as consumers come to, as a union, work with the workers union, and then we got capitalism in the middle. Okay. We might have a fight.
0: That's a good idea. Let's ask Lon Burnham. What about a consumers union? <clears throat>
4: Well, I like the idea a lot and I'll tell you something that has been done in the past but to build on we can't use that name cuz Consumers Union is a national organization oh, it is. and they do and they do advocacy for consumers and sometimes they talk about social justice issues within the context of that. Mm-hmm. Uh at one time I work for uh, Texas Citizen Action, which was a consumer organization, and mainly we were talking to people about how the insurance companies and the utility companies screw people. And currently I'm a volunteer with Public Citizen, which is also a consumer advocacy organization. I do volunteer work in Austin during the legislative session with them, but none of those three consumer organizations do really exactly what this guy's talking about mm-hmm. and it would be very useful to have a consumer organization that was designed to promote consumers as social justice activists
0: you could for example and, and, you could say uh, you could organize all of the people who order stuff from amazon <laughs> right? couldn't couldn't you
4: That'd be interesting. Right. To, to, be, to, to be supportive of uh, the Amazon efforts to organize, that's mm-hmm. a huge organizing opportunity. And frankly, I don't like to order from Amazon because of exactly that reason.
3: Well, I don't know.
0: They they pay $15 an hour. Yeah. Uh, the pay is not bad, but they say that the work is really, really grueling. They say they treat you like machines. They treat it you as as if as you do. were a machine.
4: And and you know, it's not always just about the pay,
0: mm-hmm.
4: working conditions as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you look at some of the frontline workers um uh, in the food industry mm-hmm. and the working conditions that a lot of the people that um the Workers Defense Project are working with, they are working in those chicken assembly lines. They are working in yeah. the meat packing plants. That's right. Yeah, and these are all horrible working conditions that affect the consumer
3: you
0: need and you need a union to protect you from yes. uh, from getting killed as ann feeney used to say we don't come we just come to work here we don't come to die that's
3: right that's right by the way they're going to exactly have a big right.
0: tribute to ann feeney next saturday they on, are? online yes it will be oh. all the folk singers in the world are going to sing something for ann
1: feeney oh my god that's going to
3: be wonderful yeah
1: Gene, I want
4: to remind you that Texas has one of the highest death rates on the job in the country. Mm -hmm. And it's because of two major reasons. We do not adequately regulate for health and safety concerns the construction industry or the oil and gas industry. And it's because the uh, people in charge are too beholden to these special economic interests mm-hmm. and that to me there's a direct line between inadequate regulation for health and safety on the job and the fact that we have one of the highest injury rates and one of the highest death rates on the job of anywhere in the country.
1: And let's remember in the state of Texas companies do not have to carry workers comp insurance.
0: Mm-hmm. I know in the oilfield when I was a kid uh, you got hurt. It was just tough luck. Yeah,
1: you uh, better go home, get better. Yeah, come back I, when you're all better. I
0: went blind one time because uh, I didn't know not to watch the welder, and I was told, "Oh my God, yeah!" So I watched the welder and went blind for two days. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was just out of luck. And they docked
1: uh, you for your pay, right? Of course. Yeah.
0: Well, fortunately, I still had a job three days later. But normally, they just get somebody else. Yeah. Uh, and that was, I guess, it's still like that in the oil field. Because uh, as far as I know, they haven't organized. Nope. All right. Uh, what is it, Jason? We're out of time. Oh, my gosh. Lon, say something uh, to finish up. because Profound. We go. <laughs> okay.
4: We all need to celebrate and remember the organizers uh, like uh, Pastor Chavez and Dolores Huerta. But most importantly, we need to be organizing ourselves now. Okay. We it's have- the
0: Cesar Chavez Committee of Tarrant County on Facebook. You just heard it from Lon Burnham. Say goodbye, Bonnie.
4: Goodbye, Bonnie. Goodbye. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye.